The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. Yesterday, we brought you a report about the increasing number of TDs choosing to leave politics rather than face the electorate and the prospect of possibly being thrown out at an election. With more of them moving on to other careers, what does it mean for the young first-time TD starting out? Uh, Does that person see a lifelong career in politics? Well, joining me now to talk about this is Newstalk's political correspondent, Sean Defoe. Sean, good morning. Morning to you, Pat. First of all, uh, a confirmation from Joe Biden. That's right. He is definitely coming after all the, the uncertainty that maybe was there over the trip and as we reported last Friday there was a lot of concern about the health of Jimmy Carter that potentially could have cancelled it but literally just in the last two minutes a statement in from the White House he is visiting Northern Ireland from the 11th to the 12th of April to mark the tremendous progress since the signing of the Good Friday Agreement 25 years ago then spending the 12th to the 14th in the Republic of Ireland confirming that he is going to hold engagements in Dublin, Louth and County Mayo where he will deliver an address to celebrate the deep historic ties that link our countries and people that address probably going to be in Ballina on the Friday night of next week is what I'm hearing the 14th and then he's going to fly out maybe out of Nakashannon uh, the next morning early, very early on Saturday morning so we don't know where exactly he's going in Loud the Dublin element probably going to include the Oris possibly an address to the Oroctus as well uh, and then of course his, his country roots in Mayo Isn't it great that they built that really long runway in <laughs> in Knock uh, anyway because it was you know a huge huge runway they were even uh, there was even talk at the time that you know NATO planes could land there mm, in an emergency in anyway who we shall see it's mad uh, to see how actually and I've got an episode of Let Me Explain podcast tomorrow talking about the preparations that's coming out but all of the different prep that's going on the C-17s that have been flying into Ireland this week carrying the Marine One helicopter and the Beast car the cross between a tank and a James Bond car for all yeah. uh, intents and purposes that the preparations are and staggering people welding the manholes and all the rest of it. Yeah, they've been going around Dublin this week, sealing off the manholes and then you, you, all these things you wouldn't think about even with, uh, you know, you walk down Merrion Street, there's no bins on Merrion Street, for example, because you could put a put a bomb in it, of course, in the past and all these different things that have been going on the last few weeks. My goodness. Anyway, that's not what we're here to no. talk about this morning. <laughs> uh, for the first time uh, TDs, um, it's been an incredibly unusual Doyle term, hasn't it? So weird. The election was obviously February 2020 and then went into this really long period of government formation and in the middle, COVID. So they had gotten in, I think, one or two Doyle sittings. The first sitting was in March uh, and those Doyle sittings primarily to announce restrictions and to confirm rushed emergency legislation. But for the first time TDs, none of them properly sat in the chamber for yeah. 18 months. They were all down in the convention centre. They didn't get all that usual tutelage that you'd get from the parties, even meeting your colleagues, couldn't do constituency clinics, couldn't do any of the stuff, the meet and greet that you normally yeah. get when you are a TD and that helps you get into the job. Even the little things like how to put in a parliamentary question or where is your office, how to do your expenses, all those different bits of things. And... There's some of them, particularly in this stall, some who've been really, really prominent. If you look, there's two cabinet ministers who are first-time TDs, which is a very unusual thing, in, in Norma Foley, uh, for Fianna Fáil, the education minister, and Roger Gorman as well, from the Green Party. You've now got two first-time TDs who are party leaders yeah. in Holly Currens, who took the seat, actually, of Jim Daly, who we spoke to yesterday in the report, and interestingly, had Jim Daly not uh, not retired, or retired early, she might not have gotten in at all. And then Ivana Batchik, of course, who came in in the by-election. So I wanted to get a bit of a mood. How has it been since then all the weird stuff they went through and are they now sort of finding their feet and I spoke to Claire Coran she's the Sinn Féin TD in Roscommon seen as a real up and comer in the party has been one of the very impressive ones was in the very meaty social protection brief until this week and the reshuffle that Mary Lou Macdonald did now she's moving to agriculture and we spoke about the, the difficulties it had during Covid and asked what the biggest challenge for her as a first time TD has been Definitely being in Dublin 
three days a week uh, wouldn't be my favourite thing and uh, I I would definitely find that challenging especially in the kind of autumn winter time of the year like I tend to go home now on a Tuesday if I can at all in the winter time you can't really do that you stay the two nights and it definitely would be you know because you're so far away from home like Mm. it's two and a half hours to get home uh, and I would much prefer to have more time in the constituency than up here but you have to be here for those three days and that's the reality but um it's it's a good spin like and it's a it's definitely a challenging part of the job because you're essentially spending you know six hours more up and down um and that's definitely a challenge and i think for for women in particular uh, th- that's a real challenge uh, if you have young families i honestly don't know how they do it because mm. i don't know how you can be away like you would have to be at least a night or two in dublin uh, every single week um and i think that that would be really hard mm. um, and it's it's a challenge to be away from young kids in particular and I'd imagine that's really difficult I'm not in that situation at the minute but it's um, it's definitely a toll I think on the on the work that you do mm. for sure what are your what are your career ambitions you're only starting out your career you know you're here a couple of years now where, where do you see yourself going and <laughs> um, my only next plan is to run and hope to be re-elected by the people that I represent and that's really as far as it goes for me. Um, I'm quite happy doing what I'm doing. And presumably, though, you've half an eye on a ministry. I mean, Sinn Féin <laughs> riding high in the polls, you're in a, a very meaty brief on the front bench. Yeah, lots of people say that, but to be honest with you, um, that would be more hours in the week than, you know, than's even there. So that would be a huge responsibility to take on. And you know what? I'm happy. I'm happy representing the people, being up here for the few days I have to be up here but I, I much prefer to be down home and I think as a minister I'd probably have less time in my constituency than more so you know that's not necessarily a positive either That's extraordinary did she not read the job spec before she ran for election you know there is the doyle <laughs> you are expected to attend mm. that's part of the gig as a TD uh, but uh, not wanting to be a minister and yet being prepared to be a spokesperson haven't heard that very often either you bet you haven't No I, I can't say I've ever heard someone say that you know when you say do you want to be a minister usually the answer is yes they'd chew, chew your hand off for it I've never heard someone say before that actually no it'd be too much time away from the, the constituencies not, not what I was expecting at all but I suppose maybe goes a bit towards reinforcing that point that we were making yesterday about politicians sort of thinking about their career a little differently. Brendan Griffin's another example, offered a junior ministry, turned it down, decided not to run at the next election now to spend more time at home uh, rather than facing that drive up from Kerry, you know, every day or every week or whatever he was going, whatever way he was going to manage it. And there's also something as well, I think, think about getting into the doll at a young age that maybe changes their perspective because you know these candidates who they try five and six and seven times and they get mm-hmm. on the eighth time and then they're mad to stay there and they'll scrap on. They probably have a different perspective to someone like Dennis Stockton who got in at 23 and hung around for 25 years and is now going on to something uh, else. So I, I could have wanted to get a bit of perspective because obviously I'm only covering national politics maybe seven, eight years. I wanted to see is this am I maybe not seeing the big picture? Was this always the case that people were doing it down through history? So I went back to my alma mater in DCU and spoke to Gary Murphy, he's a professor of politics there and says that the the new way of looking at politics, this new career for life thing, probably has its roots, in his opinion, in the crash and the carnage of that 2011 election for Fianna Fáil. Before, so you look at people like Michal Martin, who ran first in 1987, has been a TD since 1989, or you look at, you know, Charlie Hawley, who I spent like half my life thinking about, um, and others who politics was their profession, um, they were in it, and they wanted to be in it as long as they could, and there was a certain sort of stability in it. If you ran for Fianna Fáil or Fianna Gael and you, you know, Hottie was 
probably three times before he got elected. But the point was, once he was in, he tended his seat and, you know, was never in danger of losing it. So it was a lifelong uh, profession. Now the volatility is such um, that there are no safe seats. I mean, would Leave Radcliffe be a safe seat here? I live in Dublin West, probably. Um, but you know, on a really bad day, one could never tell. But the whole point being that the volatility for all parties um, and none means that um, the day of the life for one who could say I go in at 30 and I'll spend uh, three decades at the doll um, is is gone that's one aspect and the other aspect that strikes me is that uh, the nature of political discourse has changed so rapidly with uh, with social media in the old days the only danger you got uh, as a po- politician was perhaps outside the church um, on a Sunday you might get a bit of an old uh, handbag or what uh, for you know, not delivering for the constituency or the state of the health service whereas now the abuse politicians of all hues get on social media has made um, I think people won't think carefully about actually running for office which I think is going to be a problem for um, for all parties. And two, that if you're in, you know, is it worth the grief? And uh, I'll, uh, you know, I might stay into two, two cycles and then get out and uh, perhaps do something else with my life. And that's Professor of Politics at DCU, Gary Murphy. Uh, Sean, does it strike you as a positive thing that fewer TDs are guaranteed re-election? I think it probably is. I mean, you had, you know, some quite useless TDs over the years who might have hung around 30, 40 years just because of the party that they were in um, and weren't exactly bringing a lot to the national or the, the local table. So perhaps it, it reduces that inertia maybe if you are, if you like in any job, if you feel that there's a bit of a fire under you for maybe losing your job, you're going to work a little bit harder to try and keep it. So there is an element to that. Um, um, but it also does also make planning a long career and planning maybe a stable career in politics hard, which could put off some people who are trying to get in it. Uh, then, you know, there's the people who've been booted out in the past. Uh, you know, in the past, maybe you would see them try everything to get back into that mm-hmm. seat once they had lost it. Now, people are sort of thinking and they're on the outside. They're like, actually, this life isn't so bad. Funny, after our report yesterday, got a text, uh, text from a former minister who was booted out, who lost their seat at the, one of the recent elections and said the best thing the people of the constituency ever did for them was to terse <laughs> them out because now they have all their, their yeah. weekends back and they're off doing, doing something else and having a, a better time. And of course, Look, something Gary talked about there, social media abuse. That's been one of the big changes that yeah. speaking particularly to the younger TDs that it has gotten worse over the years, not just for TDs, but for journalists, for anyone who has any sort of public eye uh, on them. And so on that, I was speaking to the baby of the house, James O'Connor, youngest TD in the doll by some distance. He was only born in, uh, in 1997, born a year before the Good Friday Agreement um, w- was signed, actually, when you, when you put it like that in the context of the Joe Biden visit. He said growing up with social media, the abuse that he gets probably gets to him a little bit less than some of his colleagues. Just something I do, that does still bother me to this day. When you know somebody, uh, if you know them as a neighbour or a family friend or, or even a relation, a very rare occasion that would happen, but you might see a, a cousin or something, they may like a comment or they may comment on something that would be some way detrimental or, or derogatory towards you or whatever. And that now is something that um, that does bother a lot of us in politics, if we're being honest. That it's, 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 it's only when somebody you really know or that you wouldn't expect to say something nasty. Um, does something that that um, that it would have a weight in the mind, all right, yeah. Yeah, that must be hard to deal. With. I mean, have you dealt with that personally with people you know and maybe you didn't expect it from? We've had some very weird stuff happen. Like, I mean, seriously concerning stuff from one or two occasions. Like, we don't really talk about it because I think it only encourages it. Mm. I have no doubt in my own mind that you know politics now, from when I started here in Minster House at the age of nineteen, it's probably twice, three times as dangerous. Does that put you off having a long future in politics? 
Well, what I would say is that I came in here with the assumption that politics is not what it used to be, that you'd be elected for 20 years if you if you kept your head down and did the work. Um, there's not the same type of um, outlook for any TD um, in here on that anymore. And like I work under the assumption that I'm wanting to get re-elected, I'm working towards that. But look, it just may not happen because the tide could go out. You never know. Like it's it's a it's a constant battle trying to keep out there. And you know, it's not just doing the groundwork anymore. It's more of its marketing. Like I'll give you an example. I'm not making a, a slight against anyone, but there was a Sinn Féin TD in here. Was in holidays during a general election when I was nearly below having a heart attack with 50 people out canvassing. And uh, you know, we'd struggled to get over the line. And there was people, particularly in Sinn Féin, the last election, like Mother of God, they've no business being here in the first place, and they got elected. I'm sure Sinn Féin wouldn't be too happy with that remark. Um, So after our two reports, Sean, uh, where do you land yourself on the question of whether there will still be, you know, 40 to 50 year careers in Doyle Aaron? I think a lot fewer, certainly if you're looking at the TDs who are starting today or even some who are very well established. And Fine Gael is sort of an interesting case study in this where you've got the likes of, you know, Leo Varadkar and Pascal Donoghue and Simon Covey who sort of done it all or are very close to having done it all and yet are mid mid to late 40s, very early 50s and have the potential of a full full career ahead of them and with the likes of those you could say maybe there will be a career in politics but could you say that they'd be all be in the doll in 10 years yeah. I, I don't necessarily could be think in so. Europe could be, could be in Europe could be I mean look at Pascal Donoghue with the Eurogroup job that opens up a whole other range of jobs potentially a tilt at the European uh, Commission presidency in a few years time he's certainly being talked about that way so I don't think so. Uh, the talking to the younger TDs the impression I get a lot, off a lot of them is they're going to go in do a set amount of time, try to make as much change as they can and then get out. But sort of recognise that this isn't necessarily a stable long-term career for them and that there will be other avenues to open up. Claire Caran saying that she wants to go back to being a secondary school teacher at some point, for example, if that were to open up to her. So, um, but look, let's let's get the final word from the two case studies that we have, Claire Caran and James O'Connor. And I put the correction dire- directly to, the question directly to them, do they see uh, a full life in politics? I would like to stay here as long as you're doing something proactive because Leinster House gets very boring very quickly when you're not working and trying to get things solved. And like I have several projects going down in the constituency. It's really exciting to see them working out and it's actually, you know, there's it, it huge satisfaction from it and even getting the satisfaction from helping individuals with several cases. Like that's what keeps me ticking. Um, and some people, you know, they may, may not be the same and they don't last as long. Um, I would love to spend my career here like you know I'm a young guy I'd like to be able to say in 15 years time I might someday get a chance to serve in cabinet and I'm playing playing the long game in politics to see where it goes but the guarantee is not there in a way that it used to be there was a time in Fianna Fáil where you could be elected and you, you could be here for 30 years if you wished um, but I don't think we have the luxury of, of, of assuming that anymore and you know you do need to, 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 to work double as hard as, as people worked in the past to, to maintain their seats. Do you see yourself in politics for the rest of your life? No. No, I don't. Um, and actually, that was one thing. Dennis Nocton is a constituency colleague. He's been in here nearly as long as I've been alive. Uh, and he's had a very successful and long political career and fair dues to him. But what I really liked about his statement was he said, I want to take a step back and I want to give someone else a chance uh, and presumably the next generation a chance to come in here and have their voice heard. And I really like that attitude. I think it's important. Uh, you know, I think you can give so much of your life in here as a politician, but I think it's so important that you leave it then for the next generation crop. There's so few young people in here as it is. Mm. You know, we need more women, we need more younger people, we need more diversity. And if we stay the way we are and everyone just stays on, you're not making that space. 
So do you have a set point in your life that you think that's where I'd like to finish up? I know Dennis said 25 years was sort of a milestone for him. Do you have that or is it look play I what's in front of you? I honestly don't. No. I honestly don't. I mean, God knows where any of us will be in 25 years. I, I trained to be a secondary school teacher and I, I'd like to do that at some point. Um, but yeah, I think the world of work has changed as well and it's no different in here where, you know, people coming in now maybe necessarily don't see themselves being here until they're 70, mm. 70 odd. I, I certainly don't. And that's Claire Caram, the Sinn Féin TD, ending that report from Sean Defoe. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk.